What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, comic books, TV, movies, video games, action figures, anime, and more. I'm Lawrence St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pearson. We got Richard Wilson. We got Chris St. Victor. Gentlemen, how are you? How's your week been? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you playing? What's up? This week's, Ooh. I got to go with my McFarlane toys, uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern. McFarlane's yeah. got to sponsor us, man. They do because I'm I'm buying a new figure every week because the figures are just so cool. That is so dope. cool. Yeah, this one's dope. It has a lot of constructs. The the sculpting is great. Is that based off a comic book or is it sculpted like the animated series? DC Rebirth. Oh, that's fire! Yeah. That's so, fire. That's where I'm at. Nice cop. Nice cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying it. It's cool. Rich, what are you up to? I mean, just the usual Call of Duty, a um, little bit of Conan every there to build up our base. And um, that's it. I actually started playing um, uh, uh, Cold, uh, uh, sorry, wow. Wow. Brain fart. <laughs> uh, Warzone and Black Ops, Cold Wars. I started playing that because I was like, let me try it out and try the multiplayer. And I actually kind of like the multiplayer a little bit better than Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare. Yeah. That's it. Nice. 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 Jack? I figured since we're going retro this week, I'd brush up on some retro reading. So I don't have the original, but I've got the reprint of Black Panther's first appearance in Fantastic 452. I have I have uh, that in a volume. I don't have the original, but I. That, that, that's I'll tell you, the original comic is how much is this thing? It, it has jumped in the last year tremendously since you know, obviously everything that happened. Um, yeah, but it, it basically added a zero to its value. That's dope. I love that you're like our collector guy now. Someone gonna be fact checking me and they're gonna be like, this guy doesn't (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um I watched the first episode of Loki. I'm digging it. I mean, it's it's really just a setup, right? We're kind of just setting up the world here, picking up from I'm just showing you the events in the Marvel films and how it connects and where we're going. So I'm interested. Uh it didn't blow my mind because it's just a setup. But 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 I'm I'm definitely interested to see how it goes and and I hope that this show unlike WandaVision and um you know Falcon Winter Soldier, I hope it's really intricate in what plays out in the universe. Yeah. You know, like that you have to see this and it's gonna alter things from here on out. I hope so. I'm hoping this leads us into the multiverse. This is what we thought WandaVision was gonna do. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. We're not going to give any spoilers on it, but I just wanted you guys to know that's what I've been watching. I also picked this up because I was really Jones and Four Invincible, and then I saw this, and I'm holding up what up comic with Invincible and Spider Man. I'm showing the guys the cover of this, and I was like, "Let me cop this." I got I got it on Comicsology, downloaded it. I read a few squares of those. I read a few squares of those when the, uh, uh, Invincible and Spider-Man were talking and they were talking about cost, costume designs. And like, yeah. Things. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. I, I have like to that. say, not that good. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> but the parts you're talking about where they're just two guys talking, those are the yeah. best parts. But outside of that, yeah. it feels like, it feels like a team up issue 
Mm-hmm. But it's like inconsequential. Like, like whatever happens here cannot affect the Invincible story and it can't affect the Spider-Man story. So it kind of sits in this thing where it doesn't really do much. But they do have some fun dialogue where he's like, what's your name? Spider-Man? And Miss was like, that's lazy. You're the powers <laughs> of a spider. You call yourself Spider-Man. That's like saying you have superpowers. So what your name's going to be Superman? That's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so that, 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 that part's cute. But um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been into. Can right? I ask one question about that? Yeah. How do they intersect the universes? There's always some event. Well, without getting to spoiler territory, in Invincible, he goes against a guy named Angstrom Levy down the line. And his power is being able to open up different universes. Uh, and in that comic, in an Invincible comic, he's throwing him into different worlds. Yeah, I remember that comic. So we get to see him pop into this world. Okay. And so it's in the continuity of Invincible. Um, okay. So that's pretty cool. The story itself is pretty safe. But, you know, if you're a fan of Invincible, a fan of Spider-Man, you got to cop it. And it's like a $1.99. So what are we doing here? $1.99. $1.99. Let's get into the news. And I, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this, have the privilege of sitting back and letting Richard Wilson take the mic. E3 is going on. So many dope drops. So many, so much news around video games. I figured I'd throw it to... Our video game guy, Rich, what say you? What's the news? Listen, let's talk about, first of all, Back for Blood from the makers of Left for Dead. Mm. The zombie shooter up, first person, uh, four players going in, just surviving each level and making it to the safe rooms. Can you ask for more? Can you ask for more? <laughs> um, we have Elden Ring coming out, which is looking that dope. Looks I guess, good. I guess, yeah, <laughs> Outer Two, the, out, the Outer World Two, which I played first one. It was all right. Hoping this one gets a little bit better, a little more, um, little more uh, length in the game. Even though you know there's like different endings you could play, hmm. but um, just the, just the original playthrough was like kind of slow. Anyway. Uh, for uh, Forza Horizon Five, love me some for- Forza. Me too. Dri- driving through the towns and the, the, just the whole landscape and unlocking things, racing. I mean, can you ask for more? <laughs> uh, Rainbow Six Extraction. Got to go in with my first person shooters. I'm a I'm a I'm a Rainbow Six guy. And of course, <laughs> I'm gonna leave the best for last. Battlefield 2042. Now I saw that trailer. Yo. Me too. Man, first of all, Battlefield is just a totally different beast. Like, forget Call of Duty. It's just, it's so technical. It's just so great. The sniping is, is, is more on par with realism. It, I just loved it. I, I love Battlefield. Like, even to this day, Battlefield 4 has such a huge fan base and a following. Like, you can go to lobbies, like, with no problem mm-hmm. and just play a great game. But um, that's why no I have to be What do you think about the Rainbow Six? Rainbow Six Extraction, um, you're going in, three guys, um, there's like an outbreak, mutations, you're fighting, yeah. fighting mutated monsters and such and so forth. And, you know, kind of what they did. They had, um, they had that in Rainbow Six. It was, uh, it was like a limited, like a limited, limited time release. See, what else did E3? Well, I got to brag a little bit. If anyone has seen the stuff that E3 is showing, you'll notice a giant spaceship in the background. Yeah. This guy right here, Bill. 
There you go. What you're looking at, this that guy, guy right here built. So I toot my horn a little bit. We worked on it for a month. Me, Jody, toot, uh, toot. Alessandro was the designer. He's a madman, a genius. It He's really Italian. So dope. Yo, man, so much fun. Could not be prouder of how it turned out. It looks so dope. Um, turned out great. Turned out real great. Brahalla has a cool game coming out. It's a spinoff with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Looked really fun. Did you see uh-huh. that? I did not see that. No. So you get a it's Brahalla uh, Ninja Turtle theme. Mario's got okay. a new game coming out where that's a crossover too. Looked right. interesting. Avatar. Do you, you guys see the my, Avatar trailer? I did see the Avatar. Avatar no. Avatar's yeah. coming out. Avatar's coming out, and I got honestly I got mixed feelings about it. The trailer made it look like it's exactly the movie, hmm. and I don't yeah. know that I want to play the movie. So I was like, it looked dope, but I'm like, I don't want to play that story. I want to play a different story if I'm playing Avatar. It's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I don't know when it when it comes out and how it ties into these very long-awaited sequels. Can I ask you guys a question? And then I want to go back to the, the Battlefield. Now, mm-hmm. Battlefield looks dope, but do you think we're going towards a trend where they're dropping campaigns from these games and going straight to multiplayer? I mean, I feel like, in, especially with Battlefield, that's like the main thing. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, they had the, they had their campaigns, which was pretty dope. But for the most part, I, I know people that would just completely skip a campaign on games, like say Call of Duty, yeah. and go straight into the multiplayer, or go, or even go straight into Warzone. Like not even buy the game; they're just playing Warzone. Yeah, see, for me, I have a hard time with that because I'm I'm a casual gamer, and with mm. a young kid, my gaming is less and less. So. For me to jump on multiplayer, I'm getting it hated to me every chance I get. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've noticed you're Call of Duty and Spec Ops all the time. Or yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Okay, that, that's that's how I play it sometimes. And you know, if there's a few little older Call of Duties where I can get my wife to play, we'll do co-op stuff, and that's cool. But you know, that's dying. So it's like it's tough. I don't know. I, I'm kind of conflicted about how I feel about these games. I want to play them, but. I'm just not good enough to play online, and I I like my campaigns. You know what? There should be a handicap version. There should be. People, people whose skill set is less, they get like more life gauge or something. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, now the the lobbies are set up where if your skill level is at a certain point, they put you in. You know, people in your same skill level. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's one more game that. I want to talk to you guys about, and I, don't, I haven't seen any gameplay, but Guardians of the Galaxy what? is getting okay. a game. That huh. information dropped, I think, today. Um, okay. Single player Guardians of the Galaxy game will be released on October 26th. You lead the team as Star Lord alongside Drax, Gamora, Groot, and Rocket. Oh, so, I know the, the 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 Avengers game didn't, <laughs> you know, do well. <laughs> Hopefully this one will f- fix what that game wasn't able to accomplish. But um, it looks dope. It's sort of one of those things where it, it's not the movie, but everything, they look like the movie versions. But um, who knows? I thought I'd throw that in there. I'm a very casual gamer. Um, yes, he is. I'm very casual. But guess what, Rich? I, I, I kill you in wrestling games. Destroy <laughs> you in wrestling games. What was the NES wrestling game? The, the first NES wrestling game? That was like, um, oh, it was like the WCW one, wasn't it? I don't know. I know it, you know, it wasn't affiliated with any, with any league. I know our listeners are probably screaming at us like, you guys, 
Are you going to have a podcast and talk about stuff but not know what you're talking about? (laughs) (laughs) So annoying. So annoying. (laughs) Listen, send us your emails, send us your messages, catch us on on Instagram, catch us on the website, and uh, let us know good, bad, ugly. We want to hear from you guys. Yes. Um, Let's move on. Thank you, Rich. You held that joint down, man. You got me. And most of these games are coming out like 2022, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of this stuff is coming uh, out. No, some of coming out of 2021. Some of oh. coming out of 2021. Okay, okay, okay. Dope. We have some stuff to look forward to. Let's get into the debate. Okay, so this is a very special episode for you, the, for those of you listening, because we are doing our very first retrospective episode where we are going back to an old movie. We're going to see if it holds up, see if it captured our imagination and hearts like it did when we were children. So for this debate, when Batman 89 came out, there were no... He's referring to the Michael Keaton version. Michael Keaton. confused on that? (laughs) Rich. 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 (laughs) The Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, Batman 1989 movie. There we go. I know those names. You know those names. (laughs) It came out at a time where there were no reboots. You know, you got your Batman movie. It it rebooted the Adam West series. That's as close to reboots as we got back then. And now we have so many reboots because we see how it works. These movies are so good that we want them to come back and come back and come back and come back in different versions. So I wanted to ask the brothers a question. If you can reboot a comic book movie, you know, let me, maybe not comic book, if, if fitting in the genre of comic book sci-fi fantasy, if you can reboot it, what would it be? And who would you cast in the lead role? Spawn, Michael B. Jordan, enough said. Ooh, that was so fast and so good. <laughs> wow. Okay, what's your take? Give me your take. What 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 would what would you do differently than what was done with the uh, Michael Jai White version? Um, I say rating for one. Yeah, How are you gonna it, do a Salon it, movie that's PG thirteen? I mean, that spawned series on HBO. If you guys remember, that was pretty dope. It was dope. Yeah. Yes, and it was it was very adult. It yeah. was very, it was no, but yeah, it, needed, it definitely needed to be rated up. Like I'm not, I don't know how you're doing Spawn. And it's good for teenagers. Like, stop it. But, um, yeah, that, um, I feel like the clown, what's his name, Vindicator, he wasn't bad, but I feel like he was held back because of the rating. In fact, the whole movie was held back because of the rating. The whole movie was held back because of the rating and just where technology was at that time. Yeah. Like, technology now, and then you slap an R rating on that joint. It's going to be pretty Because his, his cape needs to be alive. And they weren't. Yes. It, they, they couldn't accomplish that back then. No, it was too very crazy. You watch it back now, it's very, very crazy. Yeah, they couldn't do it back then. Yeah. Good pull, Rich. That's freaking dope. Good pull. Jack? Well, the movie I would make, and it's kind of bending the question a little bit. It would be a reboot because there are films of it, but there's no live action film of it. And so it'd still be rebooting something that's out there, but it'd be changing the genre a little bit. It would be Berserk. I think Berserk, the Berserk series is one of my all time favorite anime, manga, the 
content Jack, incredible you to me. Loophole. That's not a reboot. <laughs> it is. It would be a reboot because there's a reboot. Two, there's it would be. There's there's two cartoon series. HBO has stuff that rebooted the last series, and there's three movies of it. But if so you think it's reboot. a live action, that's not a reboot. Is it? Is it not? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Are you sure? What say the other people in the room? Can this be a reboot? Can it reboot this series? Is, is, Sonic, is Sonic the Hedgehog a reboot of the cartoon? No, it's the movie. It's not a reboot, it's the movie. Look, I'm going to pass this one time, but next time, give me a hardcore reboot. Don't let it happen again, Jack. All right, well, then I would reboot Steel. I reboot Steel, and I, and I do it right. And, and the reason why I would reboot Steel is because it opens up the reign of Superman storyline, which has never been told. And not properly and not live action. So I'd, so I'd reboot Steel. Who would you cast in your lead role? I don't know. Someone who hadn't been found. I'd, I'd have to go deep. Lawrence and Victor. Victor. Thank you. <laughs> no, you know what? I'll say this, Lawrence. I wouldn't cast you as Steel. I would cast you as Clark Kent. You're Clark Kent. You're not John Henry Irons. You are Clark Kent, my friend. Hey, no argument. So if I were casting Superman, I'd cast you. I'm casting uh, Steel, and I gotta go deep. Sorry. Wait, I am deep. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I gotta, I gotta go deep and find it. I know what yeah, you mean. I know you got plenty of depth as an actor. Jesus. <laughs> Chris, what are you rebooting? I'm rebooting The Mask. Um, Ooh, so, so here's where my, I'm at. I didn't want to find a movie that I never, I always so, so liked it, but I never really liked the movie that much as a kid. It was always on and I always watched it. But I like to see a serious version of it with uh, Edward Norton. Oh my gosh. Sure. So that's, that's where I'm at. Well, it's funny because the comic book of The Mask, he's a, like a maniac. He kills, he's yeah. a killer. He's, he, yeah. He it's is, Loki. It's, it's, it's Loki's mask. It's Loki. Yeah. It's not so the, it, the, the Jim Carrey version is very sweet right. and fun, but he's, he's, he's a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Chris, good fool. Um, if I had to reboot a movie, I, I want to see a new crow. There is a new crow. crow. They rebooted that movie over and over again. The bad sequels. But I want to, I, I reboot it, throw the money at it. I cast like James McAvoy. Oh. I love the idea of this guy who's in love. Him and his wife are murdered and he comes back as this Avenger. And it's dark, and and, and 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 I would reboot the movie, so I wouldn't be redoing the comic book, but the movie, and it was like a city that always rained, and it felt like a Tim Burton esque movie. So I would, I want that same aesthetic, that same feel, but updated. And in the original movie with Brandon Lee, it wasn't about the action; it was like it was just heartbreaking. And I'm like, man, get like a guy like James McAvoy in there, and do it like dark Burton esque, but not with Burton. <laughs> Because then it just goes too far. Yeah. I would do the crow, man. I'd do the crow. That'd be dope. Yeah. Sure. Good pulls, guy. Good pulls. Okay. So let's get into it. Okay. So we decided we wanted to go back and see if a movie holds up. So we revisited Tim Burton's 1989 Batman starring Michael Keaton. Well, excuse me. I got to say the rec- the correct billing, Jack yeah. Nicholson. Yeah. Then Michael Keaton. 
Um, there's so much trivia, so many things that came out about this movie because it's, you know, it's so old. But um, before we get into that, I want to ask you guys a question and just a simple answer and then we'll get deeper. Rich, did it hold up? Um, uh, I don't think it held up. I looked at it twice so, <laughs> well, and I was just like uh, we'll get into the details Rich we'll get okay. into the Jack does it hold up oh oh my I'm sorry it doesn't if, if you remove the filter of your youth and watch it as if you're watching a new Batman movie that just came out, it doesn't. Wow. It just doesn't. Uh, Chris. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This movie and the acting is better than I remember. Michael Keaton's amazing. This 100% holds up. This is going to be a violent episode of Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. I'll tell you that right now. We're going to get into it. <laughs> Lawrence, does this movie hold up? Yes, it does. This movie holds up. <laughs> so this movie and good. the battles have been. <laughs> the battles the line has been wrong. The line is set. You want to get nuts? Have been picked. Let's get nuts. <laughs> you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. So here's a brief recap for those of you who haven't watched this movie since in 1989. Oh, and spoiler. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Batman. Basically, you're in a crime-ridden Gotham City. You have corrupt gangsters, corrupt, well, Gangsters are corrupt. You have gangsters and corrupt police. And this Batman is looking around, not so much being a hero. He's more or less beating up bad guys. You don't really see him save anyone until he saves Vicky Vale, um, who comes to town searching for, he wants to do a story on the Batman. Uh, Batman is pretty much out there fighting people, but you know, he's looking for his parents' killer and he finds them in a Jack Napier slash Joker who, pre, who falls into a vat of chemicals. This is somewhat of a Joker origin story more of it more than a batman origin story 100 percent, 100 percent. uh by the end of the movie bruce wayne and batman find love in vicky vale by saving her from the joker who ultimately falls from his death from the top of the tallest church in the world <laughs> like, why, why is this church so big? So How many bells did it have in it? I mean, that fight scene, everyone So many bells. <laughs> so many bells. Um, this movie is a, a departure from anything we've ever seen when it comes to Batman on television or, or, or film. It, it, it is pretty much a first for everything that we love about Batman. Um, I'm a. The reasons why I appreciate this movie is because it was the first one to do Batman changing his voice. Yep. Michael Keaton went in a lower register to be Batman. That wasn't oh, done no, before. Man. It's the first time we've seen Batman in a costume that's all black. The first time we've seen Batman in a costume without briefs. It's the first time the all black aesthetic Batmobile has been introduced into the Batman folklore. Yep. Um, great. It's one of the best Batmobiles ever. I mean, and, and the soundtrack, oh my God. So it, it, it's a first, it's a first for many. It's a first for and many. And it launched probably the best animated Batman series ever. Facts. Facts. Ever. Facts. Well, it launched one of the best depictions of Batman, period. 
the movie, which is different, the movie for what it was, when it was, infallible. Mm-hmm. It, it is great. Does the movie hold up in comparison is a totally different question. So let's let's do a deep dive into this movie and we can all just kind of have a free fall. We'll kind of start from the beginning and work our way through the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, as we start the movie, we get the best thing in this entire film. And I would say it's probably the best thing in any Batman movie, which is the score. This Batman score, oh. give me give me another Batman score that can no. come close it, to it. It's up there with Indiana Jones theme, Star Wars theme song. It's oh one of the gosh. great movie theme songs of all time. But 100%. I would say, but I would say even better. And I know I'm going to get crucified for saying that because to the layman, you can start humming Star Wars, Indiana Jones, or even Superman. And kind of get confused if you're not a super fan. This theme is a thousand percent unique. It doesn't sound like anything else. It's exciting. It's I haunting. was it's exciting. genuinely excited when the movie started. When that thing starts, I was going to say, I was like, I'm about to fast forward. I've seen it before. Let me just fast forward through the opening. I was flying like, through the kid, yeah. But then it started, the music started. I'm like, wait, hold on. Let's, let's sit here. So... The theme is amazing. What do you guys think about the theme, the music? It's my ringtone. Solid. My ringtone. It's my ringtone. And then we get into Gotham City. What did you guys think about Gotham City? The aesthetic of Gotham City. So here's the problem. Mm-hmm. This movie's influenced so much when it comes to animated comics, movies cartoons, everything. It's hard to like separate yourself because this defied, defined what Gotham City is, right? Because if you look at any of the, uh, of the Batman, it, I think it's just, it's just the definition of it. And it's, man, that's what I'm saying. It holds up, man. It holds up. <laughs> what it, what it did in 89 carries over into every piece of Batman media we see right now. I, I think it's the first on-screen depiction of how scary a place Gotham City is. And if you guys remember this, you have a Thomas, Martha, and Bruce Wayne-like family walking through the sidewalks, like how our introduction into the world, and they're looking for something. A hooker yeah. hits on the 14-year-old. <laughs> right? Like what is happening right now? I forgot. I didn't realize that. <laughs> like, forget, forget the father. I'm like, I'm gonna get this minor right here. Wasn't she like, "Hey, honey, let's like, start him off." This is so much that went uh, over my head when yeah. I was seven years old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so already, it kind of sets up this very scary place, which I think well, very stylized too. I mean, super stylized film. Very. It's burning. Yeah. But it's I'll say, Burton, we, but it's also it's also very film noir. 40s vibe. Deco. Yeah. Um, um, actually, I wonder if the film played better in black and white. Mm-hmm. That's a good pull. Might have to rewatch it in black and white. <laughs> um, I think what this film does with Gotham City is better than what Christopher Nolan did. Like, to me, Gotham City and the Nolan movies didn't stand out. It didn't. It's more specific. Right. Let's say that. Yeah. It's more specific. Like, I get why a guy dresses up as a bat in this city. Yes. Like I get why the police cannot control the crime element in this city. 
Whereas Nolan's was so realistic. It just felt like what it, it's just a, it's a metropolis. It's just a city. And the first Batman Begins, they showed the Narrows and showed where it kind of was downtrodden. But nothing has been as specific as I think this movie, as far as the city is concerned. And the texture on the people. We get Batman and literally... Well, we don't get an origin story. This is the interesting thing about Batman. It, I mean, yeah, you get some backstory, but it's not Batman's origin. Batman's established from frame one, except nobody knows him. So he's not established as Batman. And yet we're not getting his origin story in this. He's more of a, like a, a myth. Like yeah. except yeah. for the, except he's not trying to be a myth. Literally the guy he's holding over the building in the first frame. He goes, tell everybody about me, man. No, but that no, but he, he's creating the myth. I can't afford advertising yet. So get on the streets and tell people oh, I'm Batman. Can you can you name that's one of the most iconic scenes in not even superheroes in movies? Who are you? I'm Batman. Come on, man. Like, and, and and Michael Keaton, according to trivia on IMDb, he improvised that. He was supposed I, to say something like "I'm the Knight" or something. He's not. He was supposed to say "I'm Batman." He, he, he forgot added, his line. I am. Forgot his line. I am. Batman. <laughs> My name's Batman. But it was the first, like the way he descended in the smoke as a bat. Like you see this Bruce Wayne going out of his way to create this. How did he descend in that opening shot, though? He had a wire attached to his. Utility belt. Okay. Come on, Jack. Sure. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but I'll say, as a kid, I was arguing with kids in school about how Batman can't fly. And like, he can fly. He flew in the movie. I'm like, he can't fly. Yeah, he just it's a rope. Yeah, and of course. He creates the illusion. Like, they shoot at him. He's, his armor is made of, it's supposed to like muscle. So yeah, it except it doesn't take a punch very well. It stops a bullet, but it doesn't take a punch. <laughs> Stop a bullet, it can't take a punch. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes those bullets be knocking. You know what? We'll talk about it later. So, yes, the iconic I'm Batman. Guys, come on, man. It's been often imitated. Never duplicated. Christian Bale failed miserably in his Batman voice. Robert Pattinson doesn't even bother to say I'm Batman. And he's like, who are you? I'm vengeance. Like, don't even say it. Don't even do it. Because no one's ever going to sound better than Michael Keaton. True. You know? Or you'll be equal to. Now, Michael Keaton knew that if I whisper, I'm more threatening than if I, you know, if I I get loud. Yeah. Um, I dug it. Uh, Does the suit hold up? Except for the neck motions. Yes, but then you still have the same problem back in the beginning. You can move the neck. So nah. you can go. You, 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 you. you can't make fun of it. The neck has been a problem in most Batman. I know, I know. Yes. They even addressed it in, in the second Batman, the second Nolan Batman. I can, now you can move my neck because they changed the suit. They had I think to. the suit holds up. And it's way better, in my opinion, than the Nolan movies because Tim Burton shot it to look iconic. Like you never saw it in in, 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 in bright light. You never saw it just standing. Like there's a shot in the, the Dark Knight where Christian Bale's in costume in like a almost a medium wide shot on the roof with Gordon and Dent. And it took all the mystery. He looks ridiculous. Like why are you in that costume? Tim Burton shot that costume, which was probably a mess of a costume because it's the 80s and it's hard rubber, but the way he shot it, it looked iconic and otherworldly. And I think that that still held up for me a bit. What do you guys think? Except, except for the mobility. 
If I'm if I'm if I'm viewing it with an asterisk by it because I know what it was when it was and why it was, mm-hmm. then yes, of course it holds up. If I'm viewing it for the first time in 2021 and this movie just came out and I'm looking at it, I am I'm 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 a, I'm a hot mess as to trying to understand it. Now here's a question we asked as a hold up. Now we know this movie is now. Do we do we give it certain breaks? Like okay, some of the the miniatures are, are they look a little. Yes, little you little. have to, you have to you have to right. I think you we have, have to. It's like yes, adjusting for inflation. It's like yes, exactly. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Does it look okay. real? No, you have to you have to take into account what they had available. Raiders, that Raiders does still hold up. Though. Well, right. You know it's got its issues too. But though, the effects but. you can't look at it like. They don't have the the ability to accomplish what they have now. Okay. Well, the cost, so here's here's how I, here's how I approach some of this. You tell me if you guys think I'm off. I go, what makes a Batman movie good or bad? Costume, combat, the tech, detective work, the villain, and then story. Right. I want to say detective work. Depends. Well, he's the, he is the detective. Depends on what version of Batman you lean more into. Like okay. not every you know. So I, I say everything, but not as I don't even. But you you had the detective work here. He, he cracked the code. Yeah, he, he read a code. newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> look, no one can figure it out. Everyone is looking crazy in the streets, and Batman's like, "Look, it's a combination. Take this to the authorities. I figured it out because I'm Batman. I'm the man." What about combat? Not only does the movie not compete with what's current today, it doesn't even compete with what was current in the eighties. But it doesn't, that, it doesn't tell me that the combat in that Batman movie is good. Somebody, please. Look, look. The guy the sword, was getting, he was getting socked out like all the time. He was getting socked out all the time. Right? I'm talking choreography. Tell me that the up, combat man. in that movie is good. Think about Batman. Like it's interesting. It doesn't need to rest in the best fight choreography. It doesn't make it a good Batman movie because apparently the Christopher Nolan movies did not have good fight choreography. Did you just dodge my question? All I know is Batman throwing up that fist without looking at a guy became the most... <laughs> that thing is used every... It, that is an iconic punch. So I would say kind of it did the job. It did the job. Batman no-look back fist has been reused in like everything for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So then, so so you're saying yes, it has good combat. I say, for what that movie wanted to accomplish with its Batman, yeah, it had good combat. It wasn't supposed to be the Matrix. Well, the Matrix came later. It certainly doesn't compete with the Matrix. But what I'm saying it wasn't saying supposed is it to doesn't be even compete with boxer. the choreo- combat choreography of its own time. It doesn't compete. He wasn't, wasn't look. He wasn't look like a master martial artist out there either. He never doesn't look like he doesn't look like that. Look, they, they the never said he the sword. They he never blocked it all. <laughs> he blocked the sword. <laughs> Here you go. They never said he was a master martial artist. They never said that in this movie. They never said he trained with ninjas in this movie ever. But we're talking about so Batman. Yeah, we're talking about Batman in the eighties. 
I wonder how much of the things we know about him were, were, were cemented as part of his character to the common person. Like the last time we saw Batman was Adam West going pow. Like that's the one that predates Michael Keaton. The question is, doing the, the does the movie, does, does the film hold up? So does the combat hold up? Yeah. If I watch that movie right now and it just came up, you're telling me that the combat in this film holds up to today. Is it doesn't... It doesn't take me out because, listen, I'm not watching a Bruce Lee action movie. That's not what it's trying to do. So if you tell me does the combat hold up for this, I'm like, yeah, yeah. There's like two fight scenes. Yeah. Do I believe okay. when, he's, when he's in the church and he's fighting, do I believe it hurts? Do I believe he's fighting? Or is it some, some ballet of martial arts? It wasn't supposed to be that. Well, the, but OK, so then you choose a different martial arts form. Maybe you go CQC like they chose in a Nolan film instead you're, of... You're pre-deciding that this Batman is a martial art master. No, I'm not. I'm that. talking about he, he could be a brawler. I mean, look at look at the the uh, um, the Daredevil Netflix series. The martial arts in that held up. And, he, and he's more street fight, you know? Yes, he's got skill, but man, he's scrappy too. I, I think the Daredevil is an unfair... Comparison because Daredevil is probably the best choreographed fight, maybe in in cinema. I mean, though, that scene that that scene in the stairwell was the, the, the hands down the best fight scene I've ever seen in my life. Well, and but it looked like exactly like the film. Uh, what the hell's the name? The, the kiss girl kiss the girl goodnight or something like that. Um, which which literally was the same shot. It was the same same stairwell scene, the whole thing in one take. And we've seen that in a, a few movies. We haven't necessarily seen it in a series that I can call for. In an Art Deco, it's, it, but it's not art inspired Batman film. This combat was exactly it was fine for me for what this movie is in its tone. We the first time we see Batman, he descends in the darkness. And with one kick, he takes a guy out. This movie is not trying to be an action film. At this time, Schwarzenegger and Stallone was dominating the box office. That's not where they were going with this. What say you, Rich? Does the combat hold up? The combat wasn't to my liking. Um, again, he was getting socked out way too many times my, for my taste. No, I didn't like the combat. Didn't like the combat. Also, <laughs> we... Blasphemy. I'm going to move past the combat. Let's talk about how he made the Joker. Okay. okay. This, okay. this man legit held his hand, looked at him. You saw the facial expression. He was like, nah, you gone. And let him go. He was like, nah, I'm going to let you fall into that. That's not how I read that. My, read my that job is to done. hold him. Nah, it looked like it to me. Didn't look like it to me. It looked like he was trying to get rid of a problem. He was like, eh, it's easier just to let you go. Less paperwork. <laughs> Book him down. Let go. <laughs> no, no. He slipped. He slipped. He slipped. His gloves slipped off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Literally. He didn't slip off. I watched that joint twice. His glove did not slip off. His glove <laughs> didn't man. slip off because you see it in the next shot. You literally Fine. see him. You, you see the glove come up. So, so, so let me ask you guys. No, no, no. no. Who, 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 is Batman, who is Batman faking for? 
So if you want to drop him in the chemicals, why not just throw him in the chemicals? Like, why is he faking? Like he's trying to help. Right, he's, he's, he's still he's making this point. He was he was faking for the police because the police were still in there. The police why does he care what the police think? They already think because he's they, already they a criminal. Wanted, they they, they, they want to think he's a good guy, though. Again, he's trying to make his his story. He's trying to he's trying to make his come up. You guys, I are think Batman has trouble sleeping, and so he needed plausible deniability. He could. Yeah. He was lying to himself. You guys. Like, Listen, I tried to help him. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> You're adding stuff to this. You made me first. Stuff to this. Now I will say, it is a bold move to make Batman be the one that makes a Joker, and also make have Joker be the one that actually makes Batman yeah. by him. But My it makes question, complete sense. I, I got a question: How much of that was dictated by casting? You know, no, second was, Nicholson gets cast in something that really nah, that was script. They there was no universe, there was no sequels for this thing. So to make an open end, just an, an, a movie that ends, it uh-huh. makes sense to have the villain be the one that killed your parents, and you had a hand in. Like it, it's a perfect. It cleans up nice. Yeah. Cleans up nice. They weren't thinking about Batman two or three back then. They're like, we're making a Batman movie, so how do we how do we clean this up? Because prior to this, what superhero movie was successful? Superman. Superman. Yeah, that's it. Right. Hello. No, no, but right, right, but right, there, yeah. there, there, there wasn't this whole long, you know, not like we have now, where I can name fifteen Marvel movies that gross over, you know, yeah. X amount of dollars. They didn't have that. They wanted you know, to make a closed movie, and if you're doing a movie about vengeance. Then yeah, the main villain has to be the. I mean, that's the that's the trope of the '80s. Yeah, the main villain killed your kids, you killed your wife, you killed your parents. Yeah, and you gotta. I mean, that that's just part of the time. So, trivia: Jack Nicholson turned down the movie. You know, and being it, the studio goes for Robin Williams, who's excited to be in it. The studio uses Robin Williams' excitement and celebrity. Jack Nicholson's like, I want to be in it. And they drop Robin Williams. They never wanted Robin Williams. They just wanted to make Jack Nicholson jealous. And Robin Williams was they played pissed. the game. They, he was pissed that he was used that way by Warner Brothers. Piece of trivia. So did you guys see that 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 movie where where Robin Williams was like the, the photo developing guy and he was like a killer or something? Like he was like some serious role. Yeah. Now I remember bits and pieces of it. Do you think how different do you think the movie would have been? If he was, if it would have afforded, he was the Joker. Yeah, but look at what the movie was, the style of the movie, and his career at that time. You know, the thing about these studios is they really sometimes pigeonhole an actor to what they want to see, not what the actor wants to break out doing. Mm-hmm. The, the movie you were talking about, One Hour Photo or something like that, yeah. was what it was because these actors who get pigeonholed to certain boxes need a project that lets them break out. You know, you consider someone like Tom Hanks was only ever doing comedy films until Philadelphia, and they didn't want him for the role. He had to campaign hard for that role, and he did, and he got it, and it changed his career. Jim Carrey, similar story. You got all these actors who are always kind of pigeon-held into boxes, and it isn't until there's a breakout thing that they have to campaign for that changes what they're doing. But and, is and, the Joker him no, being pigeon-held? No, but yeah, because it's this wild, zany... Robin Williams. I know it is. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's not a breakout thing. It's not like one hour. Oh, film. yeah. It's, it's him doing what he does. Yeah, it's but do you think he? Doing... So do you think if Robin Williams would play the Joker, he would have played it campy like Cesar Romero in the in the '60s Batman? 
where Nicholson no, I mean, played Rob, a camp, Rob Williams like Romero in the Jack Nicholson's performance as the Joker was. All right, we'll, we'll finish this question okay. when we get to that. Listen, I, Rob Williams is a dope actor with tons of depth. He's a Juilliard trained guy that left early because they were like, "Listen, man, you need to be working right now." So, do I think that he had the chops to to do something iconic that, that we'd be talking about today? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, given the opportunity, he would have created something memorable. But Rob Williams in 1989, what he was throwing down is very different than what he was throwing down in the 2000s. You know, yeah. you look at the trajectory of an artist's life and career. Jack Nicholson's The Joker to me is the part of this movie that doesn't hold up. I, I, I think the Batman part holds up. Uh, it's a tone, it's an aesthetic. There's room for it in the Batman folklore. Jack Nicholson's Joker does not hold up for me. I think there's not a, a strong distinction between Jack Napier and his transformation. So you're, you're an insane homicidal thug. You fall into a vat of chemicals and you become an insane homicidal thug. Now you just have flair. It was a, like, it's an origin story for, for, for a guy who's already a criminal and a murderer. You know, he's become a criminal and murderer. His reasons yeah, for hating Batman. But he Batman. does become liberated by it. I mean, he definitely yeah. has a, and that's why I would say. We're no, no, it. no, no. I got to go. He does not become liberated. He gets, falls in the chemicals, gets pissed off because his boss set him up to kill him over a girl. He kills, that, that has nothing to do with chemicals. He would have killed him for that anyway. You set me up to die over yeah. some girl. He would have killed him anyway. So there's nothing. We're looking about. at a Joker story, though. It's a weak Joker story because I'm not arguing that you can't have an, or, to have an origin. It's still a Joker story. To have an yeah. origin, you have to be different than you felt when than when you found the chemicals. Nah, I mean you don't. But it'd be better if you did. Then it's not you an origin. Don't. You already were. You just so then whose story it. is it? Whose story is it? I'm not arguing whose story it is. I'm saying my issue with the film, the weakest part, is this. And transform The debate isn't whether or not it's a Joker film or not. The debate is it's the weakest part of the film because he has a transformation, but he doesn't even transform enough. Where we see Walking Phoenix's Joker, oh, you get to see, oh, this is how you were before this event and then after this event here. You're, you just now have jokes. His reason for hating Batman is because Batman got more press. His reason for going after Vicky Vale is because he saw a picture of her and thought she was cute. Like all his motivations are shallow as hell. Well, no, 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 no. He he liked her work. The, 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 when he she uh, he was going through pictures and he was like, "Who is this first? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like, who shot this picture? He was like, "Oh, she's pretty. Oh, she does this." So it's like his motivate. It's like the movie he took himself seriously until we got to the Joker, and all his motivations are now a cartoon. So, in case then, since we're talking about that picture, um, can we talk about how the henchman didn't know who Bruce Wayne was? Like the richest man in Gotham, whose family created Gotham, you don't know who this is. Some guy named Wayne. Like, really, guys? Who are you, Bob? His name was Bob. Um, <laughs> I think Bob didn't get a fair shot too. Bob had a had a tragic ending. Bob had the dopest ending because it's like that was Joker. It's like, that was Joker. That that part was Joker. Give me a gun, Bob. Why why is Joker poisoning the city? Like for me to get behind a villain, why are you doing this? You already were a bad guy. So why not? 
But that's not, not this Joker. This Joker isn't. Why not? What like, Joker is this? I don't know. It's not established. You see him as a gangster. You see him take over his boss's enterprise. So why are you doing all this stuff? Like, why do you want to watch the world burn? And this, and this movie is too much about you to not give me the answer. Where in the Dark Knight, it's not about Heath Ledger's Joker. So we don't need to know all the whys. This movie rests on why are you doing this? And it's because they need him to be bad so Batman can fight him. So that's where it kind of gets a little weak sauce for me. Weak sauce. Weak sauce. Chris, what say you? Chris, what say you? Look, I I agree with you that this movie was, it was a Joker-focused movie. But I think you're not giving enough credit. And you know what? He does actually directly talk about dying. He says, if you die before, it's liberated. So he does say that the death changed him and does improve him. Now, I got to... Change him to what? <laughs> I mean, he becomes... Come on, man. He, re, he redoes the, the Flugenheim Museum and does all this stuff. He starts, he starts going on, on keepers. He's, he becomes a very, a very so common become villain. Be, before you were... In the chemicals, you were killing people, extorting people. Now, it's different, though. No, 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 no. Before he was killing people for just financial gain. He was a gangster. Now he's just doing things. Yeah, just I'll give him that. Yeah, but you still need a why. Do, or do we? Or is it Joker? Well, he's no. just doing it. No, because we we spent too much time with Jack Napier for them not to give us a why. Now, if we just, got, here's a Joker, he's anarchy. We, we don't need to know. But if you give me his origin story, Arthur Fleck, if you give me his origin story, you can't just go random. So would this movie I, have worked better for you if it was more like the Heath Ledger version where Joker just pops up and it's Batman who we're establishing, not Joker who we're establishing? Yeah, because Batman doesn't know why he's doing it. So then I don't need to know why he's doing it. But if you're going to give me his origin... So who is this movie about? If the movie is about the Joker... And yet it fakes like we're following the protagonist of Batman, but we're not really. Then the movie itself is in conflict as to what story it's trying to tell, which is why the movie doesn't hold up for me. The movie didn't know what it wanted to be about. Tim Burton is obsessed with the villains, but he knows it's a Batman movie. So you can't do a true villain movie. You just have to sprinkle around. And the same thing we get into Batman Returns. Penguin, what do you want? Yeah, well, the strength but, of Batman I, is his villains on some level. He's got great villains. It's true. It's a rogues gallery. But see, I'm going to go back to Joker because I think Joker's motivation was his, was his was his arrogance. He wanted to be the center of attention. He wanted to be the one that where everyone applauded, the one everyone talked about. And when he wasn't, it infuriated him, and he was punishing the city for not seeing him the way the way he saw himself. And my question is so vanity. Yes. Why? It's like they established his vanity five minutes before they needed it to be a problem. I'll also say this. They establish his vanity in one of his first scenes when he's looking in the mirror and he goes, hmm. Yes. And the girl goes, you look good. And he goes, I, did, yes. I just need you to tell me. Yeah. So, yeah. so no, you know no, no, that, that's absolutely no. wrong. No, no. Because Joker I'm actually is- does need you to tell. I do need you to tell me. You're not telling me, so I got to be loud. But what I'm saying Danger is that like, character, that character trait, doesn't change because of the vat of chemicals. It was there before the chemicals, and it was maybe just enhanced. Jack Napier in the change. mirror telling a beautiful woman, "I don't need you to tell me," is a confident dude who don't need a woman to tell him. Joker running around saying, "Everybody look at me." It's not that same confident dude. 
<laughs> so then devil's advocate, you just proved your own point. That's what changed. He lost his confidence. Yeah, he lost his confidence. So that's, that's why. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Man, got, man has pasty white skin now. Yeah. Yeah. If, only, if only we could, like, get a self right, right look Jack Napier. And, like, we didn't even have to. I mean, this was just one of the things that didn't hold up because at the time, they didn't need the Joker to be that complex. They just needed him to be bad. Jack Nicholson go be bad. We don't need answers. The movie's not that sophisticated. Be bad. Looking back at it now, what do you want and why are you doing it? Poison the city for what? For what? For why? To prove what point? What are you trying to do? They don't have the answer. They seem to be bad. So that yeah. that's my that's my issue with the movie. If I was going to nitpick at it, is the Joker, which is why I think Heath Ledger's Joker eclipsed him with half the screen time because at least we got his why. He wants to prove to you that everybody can have killing joke one bad day where none of us are above it. We can all break the rule and I'll show you how. This joke is just like, why are you stunning so hard? Well, it's also, it's also kind of like the Hulk thing, you know? Sometimes less is more. In a Batman movie, you just need to sprinkle Joker a bit. You don't need <laughs> too much Joker. You have to answer questions. Yeah. And he works better as a mystery, in my opinion. So does the movie still hold up? Yes. Yeah, because the Batman parts are fantastic. And it's called Batman. Look. <laughs> Freaking the Batmobile and the cave, going to the cave and trying to look at him. 100%. Oh, man. The Batway? The from the moon? We're not gonna. We're not gonna explain like or talk about how Batman just killed like a whole warehouse with a henchman. Like no, Look, none of that. No, that, 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 that's, no, no. It's always a problem in, in movies. And every time there's a Batman in fiction movie, he always kills people either directly or indirectly. I think there's no getting around that. I think it's a movie thing, and it happens in this movie, no movies, and especially the, the, Bat, the Batman holds up cannot be weighed against whether he is an accurate depiction of the comic book. Can't. Well, I'll say, you know, in, in uh, the Dark Knight movie, that was such a great element of the film that was put into play. I'm going to make you break your rule. And it costs him something. It costs him something to hold that rule dear, you know? Yeah, but... But it, what? Say something intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> Batman, who kills a bunch of goons in Gotham City... It's not does not make for a bad movie. So you can have the whole he doesn't kill. Okay, does that make it a better movie because he doesn't kill? No, it doesn't make it a better movie. So whether he kills or not doesn't say whether it holds up. Does it make him a better Batman? No, no. Well, no. We we had this debate a couple. You know, no. Not we're talking about accurate depiction. No. But as far as what this movie says Batman is, is what you go into a movie establishes its rules for the character. This Batman, he murders people. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of people. Yes. That's right. So does the Punisher. So does Wolverine. First of all, the Punisher and Wolverine are totally different. They, we well, all know that people are getting heroes. killed when they come. Yeah. When someone an makes hero I'm sorry, dude. No, Rich is right. An anti-hero is different than a hero. hero. When a director makes a movie, they get to tell you which version of Batman you're watching. 
They're not here to say, Sorry. here's an Punisher, Wolverine, Deadpool. Punisher, Wolverine, Deadpool are in the same category. When They're a director anti-hero. makes a movie, they get to decide which version of the character you're watching. This is Except the for Batman's never been an anti-hero. He's a hero. That's not true. His, his actual origin in the comics was anti-hero, and he walked around with a gun. Facts. Okay, you're going back to 1937, sure. You're going back to 1937, sure. If it's in the comics, it's in the comics. If you're a director, you get to use comics. Except for you also have to be responsible for when you look at... You have to be responsible for nothing. You get to go, I want to use Batman issue to make it a comic. Good, give me money and make it a good movie. You are not, this is not the Bible. You don't have to be responsible. It's not real. You can do whatever you want. And if he has a bat costume, there's a bat signal, there's a Batmobile, his name is Bruce Wayne. I dare you to tell me that guy's not Batman. Okay. Was sure. he not Batman? And, th- and that's why there are tons of multiverse, what if, alternate Earths. Sure. We can bastardize whatever character in whatever way we want. And that's what your film will be eventually. Oh, that's when Lawrence St. Victor had, was at the reins. Let's not talk about that. Let's one. talk about the Batman movie that started all superhero movies. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, so how many, you know, this movie started how many superhero tropes? It started how many superhero trends? It's like... But that's not the nature of our debate, though. But the movie me, for what it was, when it was, infallible. It is a great film. It will forever be the thing that launched the thousand ships. Does the movie hold up in 2021? Is the nature of our conversation. This movie gonna, is better than than 50 percent of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would agree with you. So and 50 percent of up. those movies are. <laughs> but, 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 but let me push back. Let me push back. So, um, so my point is that this movie was a trendsetter and it inspired all these movies coming after it. So, in essence, doesn't that prove that it holds up because if it didn't hold up then why would it affect movies 30 years from 30 years from when it came out <laughs> just because it 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 set the wave doesn't mean it was a good movie like you can you could set the wave on like you know how can I put it like uh, modifying your car right right there's a lot of things that set the wave for modifying your car like in like the early 90s or whatever so it set the way for everything else in the industry up until where we are now. Doesn't mean that's going to hold up. And you're going to take a car out like, you know, like say 99. You're going to take a car modified in 99 and then drop it into now. Because 99 was kind of wild with something they were doing, some of the wild like decals and some crap like that. Like a lot of that, like people kind of find it cool. Like, yeah, that's nostalgic. But for the most part, Keeping around with the rest of the cars is like, nah, son, that ain't it. Like, go go back to where you came from. Rich, Rich, are you saying that 1989 Tim Burton Batman is a it's, bad movie? No, <laughs> that's not what he's saying. I that it know. doesn't hold up today. <laughs> what I'll tell you is this: Tim Burton Batman arguably is better than Batman Begins. Yep, it's arguably better than The Dark Knight Rises. Arguably, Batman for Batman. So it's better than Batman movies, some Batman movies that has come out in the 2000s. Then that means it holds up. Now, now I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a bad film. It's not a bad movie. And it's certainly not a bad movie for when it was and for what it was. 
but does it hold up by today's standards? And it is what Rich is saying about technology, cars, we've evolved. We are, we are smarter audiences. We are better filmmakers. We're better storytellers. And so to look at a movie, some, listen, man, some movies do hold up. I don't know that this movie holds up with who we are now, what we've seen, even though it was the trendsetter, it, it is not the buck stops here. Films are better. Um, listen, I, I agree with you. I, I already said that I agree with you. I'm, and I'm, I'm standing by. Listen, it doesn't hold up to that. I don't care if it was. I don't care if it, if it was. If, if the other Batmans were worse than. It doesn't hold up today. Like, if I was to watch that, I'd be like, ah, I'll turn it off. So here's my, here's my unit of measure. So I know we, we poke fun at like, you know, some of the old he some of the old cartoons. You watch it, you're like, I, you know, I, I it, it, you just can't sit through it because it's not, because you were in a different mindset, you're in a different age group when you watched it. I can sit through Batman and watch like it's the first time every time. And for me, just that, so now this is just a Christine Victor unit of measure, but for me, it holds up because I can sit through it enjoy it and still pick up little details that may, I may not have picked up the first you know, 50 times that I saw it. So. I think it's a good movie. I agree with Chris. Chris, it holds up. And even though it has issues because of its time, there hasn't been another Batman movie to replace this one. You can like the other ones more, but if you want the, a gothic type of dark Batman film this is this is the only one you got so in a sense it holds up because there's nothing that takes its space same thing with Nolan films if you want a super realistic Batman movie in the real world there's nothing to take that spot so then it, it just holds it this holds the spot so anytime anyone wants to go gothic on their Batman they tap this well and if you enjoy this kind of Batman this is the only one you got I'm not sure you can watch the movie without watching it through a filter, though. I know what the movie was. I've seen the movie over a dozen times. I'm a fan of the film. I don't know that if someone who's never seen the movie is watching the movie is going to agree that this movie holds up. You're watching it through a filter anyway, no matter what. If you're coming in with a filter of Avengers Endgame, you're going to watch Batman 89. You are, and unless you haven't seen a movie in your life, you're going to have a filter to it. So we almost have to get around that and say, when you watch this movie, do you understand Batman's motivation? It's pretty clear. Do you understand the love story? That's pretty clear. Do you dig the aesthetic, the costume, the darkness, the gadgets, the Batmobile? That holds up, right? And I'm like, what else are you looking for? Does the film hold up? I mean, let's take, let's good even take him, let's even take the take ending down scene. The bad guy. Okay. Good, good guy. But, but you also have people not being logical. You know, we see Batman running up a million flights of stairs after the Joker, who's got the girl in tow after he was for some reason, just like chilling right. under the for whatever reason he was chilling under the wreckage. Now, as, the, as after he's at the top of the battle and they're hitting like every bell in Gotham seems to be at the top of this tower. 
and stuff starts going haywire, then you see him pulling out gadgets that were on his belt, like a grappling hook, which maybe would have been helpful for getting up to the top of the stairs sooner. Or uh, this thing, which maybe would have been helpful for getting up to the top of the stairs sooner. What was that? Or whole this thing, which maybe would have been helpful for getting up to the top of the stairs sooner. No, 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 no. Every Batman movie, I can give you an example. Well, we can go, why didn't he use that gadget? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a Batman trope. It's just a bad, he forgets what's on the belt. Yeah. No, but you know what? I would say that's a flaw in every part of the movie. If you can if you can raise a red flag to it and go, why are you not behaving logically? We know you can do these things. We've seen you, literally you just did it in the scene before it and you're doing it in the scene after it. Why did you we, do it? But in if this we scene? make that the thing that makes it so movies don't hold up, then no movie holds up. And that may be the case. A lot of films look, probably just look, let me say this. To the, let me say this. To any of our listeners who may be younger have never seen it, I want you to watch the movie and I want you to write that and tell us, and tell us what, what, what you think as someone who's seen it with fresh eyes. Because maybe we all, maybe we're all too jaded. Maybe I'm watching this movie through rose-colored glasses. I have so many good memories tied to the whole Batman experience. But you know what? Let us know what you think because I'm curious to see because I, I don't think we're... Uh, when one side is definitely not convincing the other side of it, no way. I'll say I would agree with that. I mean, I definitely agree with that. I'd say, but I'd also say, if you ain't seen The Godfather, you should probably watch it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. If you ain't seen, if you ain't seen Batman '89, aka Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, Batman, you should probably watch the movie that set a thousand ships to sail. And this is yeah. what I said, and, and I'll stand on this. This movie as a whole, does it hold up as a whole? That's arguable. You, we can debate that because we're doing it. But there are things in this movie I think hold up. I think the Batman-ness holds up. I think the descending as a bat with the cape, that wasn't done before, man. Like this is the first time and it holds up because we do it every time. So that has to hold up. So there's certain things about the filmmaking of this movie holds up the aesthetic, the color, the color of his costume. If, if it's still going, that means it holds up. So they keep repeating it because it held up. Yep. Now, as a, as a whole, like I said, we can debate that till the sun comes home. I don't think the Joker parts hold up, to be honest with you. But the Batman parts for me, they hold up. And my proof of it holding up is they keep copying it. Yep. Because it's the definitive version of that aesthetic. Yeah. This is our first retrospective. If you guys like this arguing, well, we're going to do more of these. Does you guys have any last thoughts before we get to our recommendations? Any last little things you want to say about Tim Burton's Batman? Uh, what kind of trash armor did he have because he was getting shot in the chest and being knocked out. I never understood that part. Literally almost had his identity revealed from a chest shot? The trauma, Rich. To make that make sense. It'll make sense if he got shot in the head. Okay, gotcha. And head trauma. But a chest shot? Okay, be out of breath. And then Vicky Vale wakes him up with camera shots? And now he's fighting back? Come on, man. Or he was playing possum waiting for his moment to strike. And he almost had his not like they literally stretched that joint out a little bit more like they would have seen him. Fair enough. Um, before I get to you, Jack and Chris, I want to drop some news here. 
that there's going to be, for those of you who do think this holds up, there is going to be a sequel comic book series called Batman 89 coming out, I believe, later this year that picks up from where the Burton verse leaves off. As a matter of fact, it's going to kind of fill in some of the plot holes, but I think between Batman and Batman Returns, and we're going to see some of the ideas they would have had if they got a chance to do it. So yes, we're going to see Two-Face, Harvey Dent, drawn in the likeness of Billy D. Williams. Awesome. It's Billy D. Because <laughs> <laughs> Billy D. Williams, as you guys know, was supposed to be Two-Face. That was the original plan for him. Um, and here's a little image for you guys to see. I'll drop this on the gram. That's Billy D. right there. <laughs> and it kind of opens up. We might get a Marlon Wayans Robin. Because for those of you who don't know, Marlon Wayans actually booked the role to play Robin in Batman Returns. They cut the character out. And when the directors switched for Batman Forever, they released him from his contract. So he was actually paid to play Robin, but never got a chance to. So I'm very excited about this extended Burton verse. Jack, last thoughts? I would recommend watching the movie if you haven't. Chris? You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What a- you don't oh, come on. What a, way, what a way to wrap that up. That's it. Coldest line in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chris, real quick, shoot us some recommendations. Right. So real quick, this, this week we talked a lot about DC. Um, last week we spoke about uh, Marvel. I want to talk about some of the unsung heroes of the Marvel animated universe. So there's some pretty good uh, Marvel animated movies. Want to go through it, see if you guys recommend it or not. First one we have is Hulk versus. It was uh, two movies together. Him fighting Wolverine and him fighting Thor. What do you guys think? Nah, I recommend it. I didn't think it was that good, actually. Nah? I recommend the Wolverine one. Yep. Thor, not so much, but the Wolverine for sure. Rich? Yeah, same. Yep. Yeah. I recommend this one I enjoyed this one a lot I think it was one of the better ones to have the animated ones um, next one is Planet Hulk which ended up becoming Thor Ragnarok pretty much in uh, mm. animated form what do you guys think? I recommend it I recommend it but honestly I, I really recommend reading the comic the comic to me was so much better than the it animated was. movie so I didn't have that much of a good time with the movie because I read the comic, but I know the movie is good. But I would I would recommend the comic. Yep, Jack. Yeah, no, I would actually say the same. Yeah, I would. I would Planet Hulk kind of reinvigorate my my love into uh, Marvel. So again, I recommend it. Uh, next one, Doctor Strange animated movie. I have not seen I would, it. I would recommend I that one. That I enjoyed that one. Yeah. <laughs> Last one is uh, Avengers. There was two Avengers, Ultimate Avengers movies. Recommended. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rich, I'm gonna say recommended. I, I don't remember watching them. All right, <laughs> Jack. What about you? Yeah, yeah. I recommend those. I hope you guys like our our look back at Batman '89. No matter where you sit, we were blessed to have that film. Um, you can follow us on social media, Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We'll be back to talk about some dope comic book geek stuff. Same bat time, same bat channel. Till next time. <laughs>